Catch up on all the live shows right here on africatechradio.com. Black women, especially those in the African region, are highly vulnerable and susceptible to childbirth complications and maternal mortality. Majority of the death of newborn or the mother, in worst cases, the loss of both mother and child, are caused by somewhat preventable or treatable symptoms of complications. Yet there isn't good enough statistics or reported data for this under-discussed issue in the healthcare system of women dying during pregnancy, childbirth, or postpartum. I know there is someone who has felt and knows the type of pain and grief from the loss of their beloved wife, sister, daughter, a friend, a neighbor, a co-worker, or an acquaintance. There is a quote I heard daily that says, you can't fix what's wrong in the world, if you don't know what's actually happening. Hello and welcome to Cruise Control on Africa Tech Radio. My name is Buki, your host. You can call me Captain. Hi, Captain. <laughs> Thank you for taking your time to catch up with me on today's conversation with my very special guest on technology intervention in reducing maternal mortality in Africa. Ladies and gentlemen, I have Kemi Olawoye on a Zoom call with me. Kemi is the CEO and co-founder of Baby Migo Startup. She's someone I like to call the lady with the big bag. Let me tell you what's in Kemi's bag, guys. <laughs> it's a big bag. Kemi has got the 16th edition Future Awards Africa in advocacy and activism. In 2021, she was awarded Woman Entrepreneur and Spirit of GIST, which is Global Innovation Through Science and Technology by U.S. Department of State. And in 2021, Africa Choice Awards for Young Entrepreneur of the Year. In 2020, she got awarded for Aza 50 in Tech Female Entrepreneur. I told you guys, it's really a big bag. Thanks for joining me again. I really, really, really appreciate you being here. Thank you Thank very, you very much, much for having me. Yeah. How are you doing? I'd rather you tell me your self-care routine and how you manage to stay sane physically, emotionally, and mentally during this whole process of creating, trying to save the world. Yeah. Okay. Can I go ahead? Yes, please. All right. Um, I mean, as you know, building a startup can be very tedious, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, both emotionally, of course, the hours of work that you need to put in as well. Mm -hmm. But a couple of things that I do that just sort of helps me through the process. Um, one, I'm a routine girl. <laughs> so it means that like, I like to do things a certain way, at least from Monday to Friday. I give myself the you know room to flex a little over the weekend. Mm -hmm. uh, but during the week, I like to do things a certain way. I like to wake up around the same time, do this first, do that and all of that. So routines um, really help me to stay sane. Um, I'm still speaking about routines. I also make sure that over the weekend like if I do one or two activities away from work the second thing that also helps me to stay sane is um, pacing myself and I feel like that's one thing that people kind of underestimate so and when I mean pacing yourself it doesn't have to be just oh, pacing yourself on a monthly basis which I actually do on a weekly basis but even pacing yourself during the course of the day um, I understand my energy levels mm -hmm. and I know when my energy levels are the lowest during the day and what I can be doing during that time so usually when I'm up my energy levels are like my highest and then I can work for I can go for six to eight hours straight and then I know that usually at about you know six hours usually 
only six to eight hours, my energy levels are usually low. So at that time, if, I, if I'm forcing myself to do some work or whatever it is, I'm not usually very productive. So I use that time to like do other activities. Um, I also exercise, but not as much as I'd like to. I'd like to really go harder in that area. Um, and then, of course, I spend time with my family as well. I feel like that has been very helpful. Um, especially during like in the evenings and things like that. I, yeah, I think the like some of the ways that I stay <laughs> still in the middle of dating a, a startup. That's good. I mean, because a lot of people think that you want to achieve something, you just have to keep working and working and working and neglect yourself. That's why I asked the question to start with. Because when you ask people, how are you doing? They're like, good. Meanwhile, they've got so much going on. I like the fact that you explain how you're able to pace yourself, how you're able to understand your body system, how it functions, when it functions best. So let's take it back a bit and get into your personal business. I noticed you recently got married, so you're now Mrs. Kemi. And how is it? How is married life? How is it treating you? Are you enjoying it? Yeah, it's been an amazing experience. But I've also had a positive impact rather, you know, on um, other areas of my life, including work. Because the thing too with building a business is that, you know, actually when you're not married yet, you know, you're by yourself most of the time. If you work from home or if you work in an office, it's just you. But when you get married and you have like a, what I like to call like a full-time business partner, oh. <laughs> you know, that like you can always kind of, you know, run your ideas by on the spot. Right. And so what do you think about this? What do you think about this? Um, so I think it's been, it's been good all around. I mean, is your husband into tech? Like, yeah. Okay. Don't worry. That's conversation for another day. Like, I'm about to talk about couples in tech, but this is not the conversation. So, being married, you know, when African women, when they get married, they get disturbed and harassed by people. Like, people not minding their business. They are watching you constantly. They are checking out, she gaining weight? Is the tummy coming out? Is her body changing? Have you have you started getting your own share of harassment from people? The constant questioning. Well, not really, and I think that I've been because of the kind of people that we, as a you know, my husband and I, um, mm-hmm. you know, surround ourselves with. It's important to also mention that this generation that we are are not like our parents' generation, where you know people want to have a baby like immediately. Yeah. Right. Um. Some people are. I mean, some people want to have a baby immediately. And if it doesn't happen immediately, some people are willing to give it some time and all of that. So yeah. I, I feel like uh, for us, we have uh, a network of friends and family that are not, I'll use the word nosy, right? And mm-hmm. um, are just kind of giving us the opportunity to bond, you know, before we get into, um, you know, making a, a family. Okay. I totally get it. Everybody is changing and trying not to be like those before us. We're trying to be better than those before us. And this yeah. is in every form and every side uh, facet of life but do you kind of have any fear around pregnancy or are there fear that you've picked up from other people or things you just know about pregnancy that you're looking forward to uh well it's tough to say to be honest because i don't think i have consciously uh-huh. um thought through any form of fears or um any of that kind of stuff. Well, and I may also attribute that to the fact that, you know, I spent a couple of years working mm-hmm. in the maternal health sector. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, compared to an average person, I'm very, very, very knowledgeable 
okay. about you know, maternal and child health. But there's a saying that we always use in our community at Baby Migu, and we always say that you know you can never be hundred percent fully prepared mm-hmm. for motherhood and pregnancy. But I haven't um, consciously spent some time kind of thinking through any form of fears or you know I, I mean like we always say just taking it a day at a time. Okay, I asked that question because I've spoken to a couple of ladies, even elderly women that have given birth and they all kind of have this fear mixed uh, feelings when it comes to being pregnant. Like people are skeptical. You'd hear the ridiculous thing from people like meat. Like they are telling you attach pink to your clothes. Uh, when you have a new baby, you have to burn your cl- uh, uh, clothing on lamps just try to get it warm to put on the navel of the baby all of these things can be taken care of medically but people still tend to go this way are there myths that you know of that you find ridiculous yeah well there's so many um myths around um, pregnancy to childcare. i mean living you have to say that if you take a snail Mm-hmm. When you're when you're pregnant, you have a drooling baby. It's um, I mean, you have it like the baby will be slow when the baby comes out. Mm-hmm. It snails, it snails. There's just so many of of these um meat, which are usually culturally inspired. Um, you know, usually culturally inspired by the African, mm-hmm. you know, continent and where we find ourselves. Um, it's also important to mention that the fears of these women mm-hmm. is, I mean, it's. It, I would like to just acknowledge their fears because um, pregnancy is a very interesting um, phase for every woman because I mean you're literally bringing forth a new life, yeah. and in many cases, women, many women also now develop um, complications during pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, and, and the, the interesting thing is that you can even have like a an almost perfect pregnancy, and then things go wrong at the last minute. A lady was recently sharing her story with me how the everything yeah. was nice. They had gone to the hospital, it was the day of the birth, and then she gave birth to a still born baby, unfortunately. Oh, wow. Um, so the peculiarity of pregnancy kind of justifies the fear to an extent that many women, you know, face or go through to say, you know, anything can happen really. And even in cases where you do you know, women do their very best, yeah, things sometimes go the other way. I mean, I mentioned it while introducing the show that some of these um, complications are somewhat preventable or treatable if only that people would actually receive medical care on time. And this is to say that there are some barriers in our system also that people in maybe underserved region or the low-income region are struggling with their healthcare system. But aside that, there's always an importance for antenatal care because some women believe that they can take care of themselves till it's almost their third trimester before they start visiting the hospital for checkups so what do you think about antenatal care i think that antenatal care is extremely crucial for um, a successful delivery experience Mm -hmm. Um, of course we've had we've had a few exceptions of women who do not but to be honest the world that we are now Antenatal care is extremely crucial because what antenatal does is that in addition to providing you with relevant information at different stages of pregnancy, 
um, your antenatal care routines also allow your doctors to monitor you, um, know any underlying problems, know what to um, note ahead of delivery. There are even moms that, you know, they're maybe, I mean, usually babies come at 39, 40 weeks, mm-hmm. and then a mom goes for antenatal at maybe 36 weeks, and then, you know, uh, the doctor finds something that they need to literally have an emergency delivery immediately. So, antenatal care um, allows your healthcare team to partner with you to ensure that you have a successful delivery um, and it's extremely important that you know any pregnant woman registers for antenatal as soon as possible and, and she ensures that she's a part and she's involved in the antenatal care experience Kemi I could hear in your voice the passion for women the passion for women to be saved during pregnancy to have a safe delivery for the baby to be cared for are you a doctor <laughs> I've known you for so long and in my head Kemi's a doctor Kemi has always looked for ways, platform, medium to help in the health sector. Please clarify. Are you a doctor? I'm not a physiotherapist. So I finished as a physiotherapist from the College of Medicine, University of Lagos. Mm. Um, I haven't practiced. Well, I was working in the hospital. I think that my experience in the hospital inspired my passion for healthcare promotion, healthcare service delivery, and all of that. Um, but I mean, in the past few years, I haven't worked in terms of delivering care myself. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but I've just worked in healthcare um, in addition to finishing as a physiotherapist in the College of Medicine, University of Lagos. I asked this question to clear people who are asking. Maybe as the way they are listening, they're like, "Okay, she has so much information." Information, but people like to trust people based on their pedigree. That's the reason why I ask. And you've been someone who is passionate about healthcare for women. And now you have a startup that actually cater for um, expecting moms and new moms and even their newborns. Like, can you tell me how this old startup, Baby Migo, how it came to be? Well, so I had worked in the, I was working in the hospital. Um, I mean, prior to starting Lamego, and while I was working in the hospital, I headed the women's health unit, you know, in the physiotherapy department. And what we used to do was that every Wednesday, we would have expecting moms, pregnant women, come mm-hmm. to the department for like their physiotherapy session. So they would do like, um, or do exercises for them. They would do some stretches, some kicking exercises, and just all that kind of and stuff. And then when they would come for these sessions every Wednesday, like they would literally bomb they would exchange mm-hmm. ideas, they would share thoughts, they would talk about things that, you know, they heard from this, they would share their personal experiences of how maybe their mother-in-law said this, or even their mom said this, and is it true? And, you know, I just found that that the structure of our weekly antenatal class in the physiotherapy department kind of gave them a room to interact, geez. And I found that community was extremely, extremely important for these women. I eventually met my co-founder as well, mm-hmm. who um, also finished um, as a physiologist and okay. worked in a family healthcare center and it also has the same experience where he realized that a lot of the women that were coming for um, antenatal in the primary healthcare center create community um, there were also a lot of cultural barriers to safe delivery that he also noticed and I had noticed and you know eventually along the line we decided to leverage technology to address this problem and, and I would like to speak a bit about the staggering statistics around maternal and child care in Nigeria. Um, yeah. The World Health Organization has said that Nigeria is one of the most dangerous places in the world to have a baby. Yeah. Um, owing to a lot of factors, our healthcare system, um, inadequate medical professionals because of the brain drain in mm-hmm. the healthcare sector, and 
cultural issues peculiar. So sometimes people say, "Oh, oh, what are you doing? Are they not doing things in another place?" I think that I always say that there is no international platform mm-hmm. that can uniquely cater to the challenges of pregnant women on the continent of Africa, yeah. like an African solution. Developed by Africans for Africans, because the challenges that we face、um, are very peculiar to us. You know, from all of these myths that you mentioned earlier, many women in Africa even feel afraid of doing a cesarean section because of the many things that they've heard about cesarean section.、Mm-hmm. So, I mean, this experience in the hospital kind of inspired me and my co-founder to start the Dimizo. Okay, so the inspiration was from the gap you notice in the healthcare system. Exactly. Because while taking my intro, I mentioned that there isn't good enough statistics. Or reported data on the issue of maternal mortality, and this is as a result of so many barriers in the system, from availability of healthcare facility close to the region that pregnant women are in the underserved. Region in the minority region, like you'd not before you'd see one hospital, you'd have to walk like a long distance or take transportation to another zone before you can get a good healthcare system. And also, when they get there, there's always like a long queue. There's always like. Few doctors available, which is as a result of the brain, brain drain that you mentioned. Because Nigeria is like one of the most populated country in the world, yet we depend on maternal rates. We depend on mothers to increase our population. It's not like the other world, the developed world, where people are taking other option. So this、um, baby migo startup that you have, it's catering for pregnant women, newborns, and new moms, right? Yes. So um. What are the solutions that Baby Migo is preferring to all of these problems that we've highlighted? Okay, so Baby Migo provides first community. Okay. So our platform, when you visit www.migo.com, you're able to see community、um, and still in line with community. We have a tool on our platform that allows moms to ask questions、mm-hmm. on maternal and child health, and they get responses from doctors and nurses on our team for free. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have that solution.、Um, Bigmigo also provides resources, tools, information. So every day we have daily articles、um, that go up on the platform. Interesting.、Um, where we inform, yeah, and we educate. I mean, we still have one this morning. We have one, one new article, and these articles are culturally and locally relevant、mm-hmm. um, articles, like I said, for the African population and the African continent. Um, in addition to that, we provide hyperlocal support services. Actually, our demographic、um, demography people that we target are、uh, expecting moms, are、uh, moms with children, ideally up until the age of seven. Oh. Yes, so、um, we provide have a local support services,、mm-hmm. um, including we have Mama Care, which is one of our services,、yeah. where we have partnered with over 120 hospitals across Nigeria、um, to provide moms discounted、um, antenatal and child delivery services, antenatal child delivery and baby care up until their child is born at over 120、um, private partner hospitals in Nigeria, and then we also have preclass. Which is a digital antenatal service、mm-hmm. um, to support the hospital antenatal services that women are already、um, going for in the hospital. So、um, it's digital, so it's hands-on.、Uh, we have experts doing all of that,、um, and then we also do consultations. So moms are also able to consult our people, gynecologists, and、mm-hmm. the likes as well on our platform. So that's some of the services that we provide: hyperlocal support services, in addition to community、mm-hmm. tools. Resources, information for expecting moms and parents. I 
I'm currently looking at the website and I could say for myself, I'm so much impressed that women can actually just by a click get so much information and help that they need wherever they are. But do you think that African women or Africans in general, because we could have guys listening to this show also, do you think Africans are tapping into this tech world? They're tapping enough into this space, this tech space and what it has to offer? Well, the internet penetration in Africa is still less than 50%. Mm-hmm. But of course, in comparison to where we were a couple of years ago, I think a couple of years ago, it was about 20-something percent. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm aware that recent statistics show that I think we're about 40-something percent now in That's terms of internet number. penetration. Yes, yeah, so um, what they have done is that um, compared to everyone that has a mobile phone, yeah. so the question is, out of everyone who has a mobile phone in Africa, um, how many of them are connected to the internet? So right now, I think we're struggling to reach 50% of that population um, and the more people that are connected to the internet mm-hmm. the higher the chance that they're going to leverage technology such as ours to improve their lives so do I think that we're there no I don't think we're there but do I think that we're improving and we make progress from where we're coming from absolutely so I know you're leveraging on technology and there's a website there's a social media platform that people could connect with but let's not forget that there are some people who still don't have good enough access to the internet we still don't have good enough understanding of of how to maneuver websites what to look for so how are you able to bring those people to help them to offer them this old goodness that is baby migo so in addition to this technology that you mentioned mm-hmm. what we have also done is to partner with um, Nigeria's largest telecommunications platform, MPN, okay. to also be able to provide some of these services via SMS to oh. women that are in undeserved communities. So, I mean, for us, we are also still continuing to identify and find ways to help women, to empower women beyond things like app and um, websites. Um, SMS is also something that we, we have done, we, we are doing. I think SMS is great. You know how we're pressing our phone now, we get bombarded by messages we don't even need. So getting messages that are helpful, that are health-related, I think is a good way to go. How's it been handling this old baby Migo space? What are the challenges you faced? And how have you been able to better serve women in those um, hard-to-reach areas? Well, it's been amazing um, and a rewarding experience. I mean, based on the feedback that we get from our moms, mm-hmm. based on the feedback that we get from our community. Um, it's also, I mean, been a bit challenging considering mm-hmm. the economic climate of the African continent and also some, some peculiar issues that we have in Africa. So, for example, human capacity, um, finding the right talent, mm-hmm. um, killing, um, of course, funding continues to be an issue, but it has improved significantly. Um, I think these are some of the, the challenges, which I know is not just peculiar to us, but it's peculiar to businesses on the continent. I mean, I'm looking at the consult doctor on the website. I'm just thinking uh, for pregnant women that are really like into maybe second, third trimester and they have been looking for opportunity to have a one-on-one with doctor because when they go to the hospital, maybe it takes like a long queue before they get to see doctor. And some of them get exhausted. They would not want to go back the next time. So this consult doctor, is it like once you click on it, you get a doctor to respond to you? 
Well, the consult doctor feature allows you to schedule a virtual consultation with a doctor. Okay. So the way the process works is that you you're shown um, some available days and time, okay. and then you are able to pick a time and a day of your convenience um, that works for you, and of course also works for the doctor. This is absolutely good. It's a great platform, and I'm really, really impressed with Baby Migo, and I hope that you'd still do more for women, for children, and parents in general. What are your biggest achievements that you've recorded since this has been established? Um, definitely impact for us mm-hmm. continues to be our biggest achie- achievements and what we consider success. So impact in terms of the lives of the women that have been touched by the work that we do since we started. We've had over 200,000 sign-ups on our platform and mm-hmm. for us that's the biggest achievement of course there's quite a couple of other things that we've had on the side recognitions by international um and um local organizations including google facebook the u.s department of state and quite a number of other um, reputable organizations but for me what i like to consider the biggest achievement mm-hmm. is the impact that we have had on the lives of moms that's really good so um we've almost come to the end of the show but we wouldn't leave this place until you give advice to women who are looking to go into tech who are looking to explore other um, gaps in the system it could it could probably not even be else what do you have to say to them like them wanting to start something to save the society i'll just say um find a find a problem in the society and um I think start from where you are really um it's not as complicated as people make it seem. And I would say that you know Rome was not built in a day. So your chapter one doesn't have to look like someone else's chapter ten. So just take it um a day at a time. All right, Kevin. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for all of Thank this you amazing information me. you've shared with us on Africa Tech Radio. Um, one more thing I'd request of you before you go. Please share social media handles, yours, Baby Migo, so people can actually check all the goodness that Baby Migo is. Okay, so for Baby Migo, we are um, at my Baby Migo. Mm-hmm. Almost on all platforms, it's at my Baby Migo on Instagram. On Twitter is my underscore baby me go, but just around that, you know, my baby me go. For me, Kenny Lawoy on all platforms. So Kenny underscore Lawoy on Instagram, on Twitter. Um, I'm on LinkedIn as well, it's, which I'm quite active on LinkedIn. It's Kenny Lawoy. Okay. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to catch up on all the live shows right here on africatechradio.com.